Hey listeners, before we get started, I just want to give a quick content warning. This game contains horror themes, specifically compulsion, blood, body horror, and transformation. The action in this episode is described a little more violently than usual, so listener discretion is advised. There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Everybody and welcome back to the Eternity Archives, a bi-weekly TTRPG podcast where we play multi-dimensional archivists keeping the universe together and intact and hopefully totally fine and normal. My name is Ziva, my pronouns are she, her, and I usually play Linda, the human office lady, who for this arc is taking a backseat and guiding her friends through the wonders and horrors of what's so cool about monster blood. On the topic of monsters, I want to ask all my co-hosts and our very special guest this week, vampires or werewolves? Personally, I'm on Team Vampire because they can turn into bats and their fashion is really good and they live in castles. And if I could turn into a bat and live in a castle and wear cool goth dresses all the time, that would be like the perfect life. So definitely vampires. You can do one of those things without being a vampire. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I guess. It's turning into a bat. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, right now. I'm, I'm going to turn into a bat right now. You couldn't see it, but but you can hear it if you listen really close. Yeah, you heard the, the poof right there. Yeah. Hey, everyone. My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real Day Jaquel, who's a tieflin having a rough time. Vampires or werewolves? I would be werewolf because I'm just a furry. I just think big old cool wolves would be cool. See, once we played a game at work and we had to guess if everyone would say either vampires or werewolves and who would win and i showed my whole ass to the company i was like werewolves and no one else voted werewolves it was a very skewed vote everyone else was like vampires so then you just have to know that now <laughs> or see i wouldn't call that showing your ass i would call that everyone else being rude frankly someone should have backed you up <laughs> No, it's it's fine. I don't work for those people anymore, and it's because they're dirty vampire lovers. <laughs> no, that's not that's not true. Uh, well, hi, I'm Dorka. My pronouns are she/her. I play Zen, the tough lizard sword lady. Vampires or werewolves? I don't really particularly care about either. I'm just not really interested in stories about either of those things. But I have to choose for the icebreaker. So I guess I'm going to go with... Oh, Okay, Edward or Jacob? That's now your no, question. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. This is not the question. <laughs> that makes it even harder to choose. All right, I like wearing spooky dresses, but I also really like dogs. But I also really like what we do in the shadows. So I think I'm going to go with the vampire for, for today. I was honestly surprised that you didn't go with vampire right away for that reason alone. 
And uh, with us, we also have a special guest. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself, mysterious special guest? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I am mysterious special guest, a.k.a. Mikey Z. Um, My pronouns are he, him. And I am a tabletop game designer and podcaster. I do a lot of things. And I am playing Damon, who was originally a worldwide wrestling character. And his thing is... He wrestles as like a Twin Peaks inspired like spooky guy. So it's totally fine and normal for him to be stuck in um, this monster blood world. And he's having a great time. (laughs) For me, it's definitely vampire. I think when I first, like, when Ziva and I first became friends in high school, I was on a total vampire kick. Like, I was playing Castlevania. I was reading Twilight, but I was also (laughs) reading all the Anne Rice novels for the first time. I played my first ever tabletop game over AOL Instant Messenger as like a vampire. You gotta go through the teenage vampire phase. You just gotta. I'm having work flashbacks. Yeah, Bappy's showing their whole ass again. (laughs) 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 To be fair, I mean... Dorka was was sort of like 50-50 and it's just that there's a, a funny TV show that tipped it over to vampires. Because she doesn't like either of those things. <laughs> I mean, werewolves are also very cool and in the Monster Blood universe, it's all werewolves. There's basically no vampires. It's just, you know, if you're talking about werewolves, you also got to talk about vampires. Yeah, but they're it's the not, law. They're not sexy werewolves. <laughs> no. So last time you all made your way through those spooky catacombs, running into a wide variety of critters and situations, maybe gave into uh, the siren song of the various things that are going on in this spooky, spooky universe, and uh, you popped out on the other side to run into a familiar face. Y'all ready to uh, see what awaits you? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess guess I'll play with you people. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Baby bird, you made it. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, and it looks like you started even working on my present. Oh, how sweet of you. And you brought me a new friend. Well, it's always good to meet new people, isn't it? Uh, Tell me, how are you enjoying this world? I think it's wonderful. It's so easy to manipulate everyone here. Look at all these wonderful people I brought to welcome you home, baby bird. Uh, what are you, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, I just like to pop in here and there and find some new toys to play with. I'm honestly getting pretty bored of this one, so you chose a good time to show up. Zen is very confused by this. Zen is just like, Linda? Don't call me that. Um... Zen looks up, looks up to the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Linda? What? What's, what's happening? Are you still there? I, I'm still here. Um, okay. Rill's just freaking out. Like, they're just, like, looking at the not Linda in front of them and just, like, no, they're just kind of freaking out. <laughs> so does this look like Linda? It does look like Linda, yes, but not exactly the same as the Linda who you know. She's dressed ornately in uh, deeply over-the-top and embroidered clothing with... She's showing uh, some boob. She's yeah, showing some boob. Sexy, evil Linda. <laughs> <laughs> she has lace ruffles flowing from her wrists. She has a tightly corseted dress. And she has just a certain amount of nonchalance about her that's very different from the regular Linda that you know back home. Real, do you know this um, 
not Linda. Rill takes a moment to process your words, and then they very slowly look at you with those, like, off green, bright green eyes with the whites being, like, black instead. And they're just kind of staring at you. Buddy? Rill? You okay? And then they would look at the not Linda, kind of kicked puppy sort of look, like, is this what you want me to do? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Oh, baby bird, don't be so confused. I thought my instructions were very clear. And then, of course, all those little hints I gave you along the way. I've been doing my very best to help you, so how about you help me? Or, of course, if you're too much of a baby to handle it yourself, I'll have my friends take care of it. They do so many things for me. Just look at all of them. I, I think they'd look at all of them. What are they doing exactly? They're, they're trying to chain up the beast thing. And what else are they doing? So uh, several of them um, have successfully chained up this beast thing, who you now notice has talons dripping with blood. They kind of look a lot like Damon, huh? <laughs> Too many eyes, wings, talons. Yeah, a little bit, but extremely large and uh, much less human than Damon is, which is saying something, because Damon's only a little human at this point. (laughs) I mean, he's still vaguely human-shaped and has eyes. At least they're all on his face so far. That's true. You do expect eyes to go on a face. So yes. (laughs) So it is less human than Damon um, by a decent amount. But a lot of them are just standing around uncomfortable number of them have turned around to just stare at this almost Linda and they sort of like raise their hands in a gesture to her and in a moment of silence they start chanting all hail the lady of the stars and she takes a minute and just sort of like basks in it she loves this this is exactly why she's here there's all these people cheering her on and doing things for her and in exchange she can manipulate them into doing all sorts of horrible shit for her entertainment is there a reason? Are you going to tell me why you want me to do this? Do I need to give you a reason, baby bird? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't like when you take that tone with me. Rill. Don't make me do something I'll regret. Buddy, what does she want you to do? Rill looks at you with, like, once again, a very kicked puppy look. Which might be kind of eerie because they've got, like, weird yeah, demon eyes right now. Eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She came up to me in that other library, and she asked me to kill you. And Zen starts laughing, and she's like, oh, well, uh, I think we'll be fine then. (laughs) That's so mean! (laughs) No, 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 I just, why would you kill me? They would look at you, and then they would look at Linda, not Linda, rather, kind of waiting for a response because they're just very confused right now, right? Because they have that gnosis drilled into their brain, right? Yes. Zen is going to call real Linda again and be like, can you give our uh, our bud a little pep talk here? Real, I'm, I'm not super sure what's happening. I'm extremely confused, but I want to be also extremely clear that I believe in you, that that lady is very mean. I don't think she's like me at all. And... You probably shouldn't kill Zen. You don't have to listen to her. Whatever she told you, I'm guessing just based on what I've seen of the past, like, five minutes, it's probably a (laughs) lie, and it's definitely mean. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Zen. I appreciate all of you. You're doing such a good job. Hang in there. Um, 
they're struggling with this right now because they are kind of hooked on the idea that this is something that was supposed to happen, I think. And this is what they're supposed to do because of the lack of maybe a dark zen. It's like, where was she? Oh, guess we killed her. Guess this is what I need to do. And also possibly to protect uh, your world, maybe, because they don't really know what you're doing when you get back. Damon's definitely going to say, hey, Linda, um, I don't know how this all operates, but if like we don't give in to dark Linda, bad Linda, doppelganger Linda, uh, is there like a raise or something like some kind of incentive? Like, I, I feel like, you know, I, I, like cakes, like think good things. Don't just say like we're going to get out of it. OK, but like say something that like I think there needs a little bit more convincing here. Uh, well, let's see. If you if you don't give in to um, not me and you come back and Zen is alive, then um, we can all have a really, really good party um, that does not have to be a party at all. We can all play video games in a big beanbag chair and um, eat delicious cakes. And-, and none of this can happen if I have to kill you in self-defense. Uh, let's not kill anybody except for the, the people we're supposed to kill, please. It's not my first plan. Does real like pizza? Maybe we could have a pizza party. Yeah, let's I, let's have a pizza party where no one has to talk to anyone else and we all just get together. A silent pizza party. <laughs> you can take it's your like pizza and like leave. clubs where they like wear the headphones, like everyone wears the soundproof oh, yeah, headphones yeah, yeah, yeah. and they oh, like yeah, and they have like a silent rave. Yeah, a yeah. silent dance party, yeah. Where we'll just be like, okay, but why shouldn't I kill Zen? Are you serious? Yes. I mean, what did we... I don't know you. I just know that you want to go back to your world where apparently you are kind of part of an evil empire of some sort. Oh, no, I'm specifically not. I left that behind. But you're going to go back to it. Yeah, and fix it. Real, I I know that things are confusing and and weird, and I'm sure that she is not helping you make good decisions, but A, I know you're not going to kill Zen because you're a good person, and you're trying to be a good person, and that's what matters even more. And B, I know that things are confusing, but you should just get that anomaly and come back and we'll all talk through it together, okay? You don't have to do anything right now. Just get that anomaly and come back. I believe you can do it. And let's grab the crazy lady while we're at it. Rill is just thinking about it. And then very slowly, they would reach for the gun and then point it at the Lady of the Stars with a very shaky grip. Dark Linda is going to to sigh and roll her eyes dramatically and say, Ugh, I should have known you weren't ready. Why do I trust you? You are such a child. Why do you trust me? I don't even know you. You haven't even given me any kind of, like, reward or, or I don't know, positive reinforcement of any kind. Or silent pizza party. Can I just say, I've played a villain before, and you're doing a really piss-poor job of it. Are you an actor? <laughs> uh, murder gymnastics connoisseur. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so fun. You have to tell me everything when we get back. Okay. just like the most okay (laughs) (laughs) sure whatever as long as we get out of this I've had just enough of this little library theatrics well I was going to pay you a visit later but honestly you're making me second guess it you all are so annoying Damon has uh, had it up to the tips of his wings with her really (laughs) dramatic bad like villain monologue so he's just gonna fly (laughs) up there like 
claws first towards her. All right, like go that. ahead and roll for that. And go ahead and add a plus one. Okay. <laughs> that is triple threes. Not ideal. So that would be a seven. Can I add an additional plus one for... I have a skill that I haven't used, actually, that's, like, genre savvy, like, story savvy. Like, he deals with very overdramatic, like, promos in wrestling where people just talk. And he's like, this is so bad. Like, I know what's going to happen. You're going to talk, and I'm, I'm not a wrestler. I can actually just go and attack you instead of having to listen to your bullshit. Okay, so, like, he knows the villain monologue, and he knows that she's busy monologuing? Yes. Okay, I'll go ahead and let you, yeah, I'll let you do that. I'll, I'll take that argument. Yes, it's an eight. Okay, uh, so you fly up, claws extended towards Dark Linda. You hit her, like, smack in the chest, full force, and knock her back onto the elaborate couch that she was sitting on. She shrieks and pulls her hands up to protect her face and in the meantime drops the circlet. And Zen is going to run for it and start bolting up that staircase to collect it. Okay, so go ahead and roll for that and subtract minus one because you are limping. Oh right, minus one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give in to the blood then and try and get some Morphous out of this. Okay, let's do it. Okay, I got a nine. So that's a, a six and a three, and the three is the Morphous. So the minus one, that's an eight. Okay, go ahead and tell me how Zen is transforming while she's running up these stairs. So I think not to be outdone by Damon <laughs> and the rest of that, she is also going to sprout wings from her back. But uh, instead of, like, the sort of bat wings, hers are going to be, like, lizardy dragon wings. She starts running, like, for the staircase and kind of limping. And she gets really frustrated and, like, fucking hulks out. And these two wings, like, <laughs> burst out of the back of her coat. And she, like, launches herself into the air to swoop down on it. Okay, so you swoop down on the circlet, and as you get it in your grasp, Linda immediately pulls you out, pulls you back home, and uh, you feel that tugging and the smothering sensation of the void again. You find yourselves back in the library and um, emotionally worse for the wear, but physically restored to your normal selves before you left. Zen has the circlet clutched in her hands. And no wings. And no wings, unfortunately. She's like, damn it. (laughs) I think Damon does fall over because even though they went through the weird void, he's still like expecting to have to counterbalance. Understandable. So he just like stumbles forward. It'd be funny if he fell on top of Rill. (laughs) Okay, no, that that happens then. (laughs) Rill just lays there limply because this is the fate they deserve. They deserve to be smothered to death by a... A guy, I guess. <laughs> Just a guy. Linda jumps to her feet and she has Dumpling clutched in her arms like a stuffed animal. And she's like blinking tears out of her eyes. And she says, oh, I'm so glad you're back. I was so worried about you. What was up with that place? Zen uh, drops the circlet on the ground. The librarians will come for it soon, she assumes. And goes and like holds a hand down to Damon to kind of 
pull them off of rail. Thanks. Yeah, that was a, a rough first mission, but you handled yourself like like a fucking champion down there. Thanks. Uh, didn't feel like it, but thanks. They won't all be that bad. That's that's good to know. I think Blood World is sounds like it was worse than Plant World. Yeah. Yeah, Plant World was pretty chill, I think. I wish I'd been able to go there. Plant World seems much better. There, there were no giant bumblebees in Blood World. Yeah, I'm gonna go get a drink. Like Mountain Dew, not blood. Not Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> no, no, nothing red for a long time, I think. Normally, Linda would uh, sort of like rally the team to all go get a drink together. But right now, she sort of nods at Damon and says, Go ahead and uh, have a fun time. You uh, you know where to find us if you need anything. And she just sort of like hovers next to Rill and she's trying to figure out what to do and if Rill's okay because she's really concerned. But also that was kind of fucked up. So she's trying to figure out how to handle all of this. Well, now that Damon is is up on his feet, Zen will hold out her hand again to offer to help Rill up. I think Rill is kind of just staring at the floor, just like very dejected little nerd baby. They kind of glance out of the corner of their eye at your hand, but they don't take it. Not because they're like, I don't, they're not trying to be an asshole. It's just more like they're just (laughs) very sad. (laughs) And they very quietly, they say, I'm sorry. I don't know. There's just something about that. That library that we went to that other time. And something about that that world we were just in. It's just, I don't know, just like, it fucks with my head so bad. And I was so convinced that it was the right thing to do. That it was the thing I was supposed, supposed to do. Yeah, I had to, uh, I did some fucked up shit there myself. So I get it. I'm glad you didn't try to kill me. Not that you would have been able to, but I'm glad you didn't try. Sen, now's not the time. They look up at you like kind of like like just just like really like it's they're like the unamused emoji. And then the laugh track plays and the theme song comes in. The jaunty no. jazz theme song. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to end it there? <laughs> I I feel like um I feel like the the archivists are going to have a lot of emotions to to unweave. Sort through. Yeah. Do we have a counselor on staff? Like? I'll say we. I think we need to end it there and um start our next session with um with some group therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you ever need to have Damon come back for the pizza party, just let me know. You know where to find me. Damon will come to a silent pizza party. <laughs> so I think uh, after group therapy, uh, sometime in the nebulous future, uh, Linda will have the the silent pizza party, and Damon is absolutely invited. Linda never reneges on an invitation. I mean, does it real just like does it really need to be silent anymore? Because the silent was kind of. Uh in addition to the sort of weird awkward I think if things are normal we could probably just have a normal pizza party but then it'll be a normal pizza party (laughs) whatever Rill wants hey everybody thanks so much for listening I wanted to jump in with a quick reminder that you can support us by leaving a review on Podchaser or iTunes since we're an independent show this helps us a ton 
You can also support us by buying stickers, making a one-time donation, or joining as a monthly supporter on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Our monthly supporters get exclusive behind-the-scenes content like character sheets, GM notes, and access to our fan discord. Before we get back to it, here's a message from another great show on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network. Check them out and give them a listen. Thanks so much, and enjoy the rest of the episode. The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Alright, so now that we're done playing What's So Cool About Monster Blood, what did you all think? What is so cool about Monster Blood? I saw nothing cool about it, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Alright, discussion over, I guess. Damon didn't. Oh. I did. Okay, okay. Let's go with that. That that was what I was trying to say, it just didn't come out that way. It came out in character. (laughs) So I was I was going to say that um that as a GM I thought this was actually one of the easier systems to do improv with because I didn't have to keep a bunch of rules in mind. <laughs> there was a lot of improv in there which as I've discussed on the show before is something that I as a GM actually really struggle with um like sort of like rolling with the punches and making sure that my players have um stuff to do but also like reacting to what they're doing. So I don't know, something, maybe it's just like me growing as a GM and learning more skills, but something about this system might also have contributed to why that is the case. So big thumbs up on the GM side in terms of like providing like a mix between structure and improv in terms of how you're guiding your players. Well, and I'm sure it also helps that you know sort of the world so well. That's true. My little campaign here is not super de duper grounded in Bloodborne lore. It's more just like Bloodborne aesthetic, kind of what I ended up picking up. But that was also a conscious choice on my end to try and make it relatively accessible if, you know, you don't have like the in-depth knowledge of every like Bloodborne faction, which uh, I don't have off the top of my head either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. it's, I feel like only the most adept of Bloodborne scholars do. It's it's a whole lot. I only know like the very tip of it, it feels like, just because I have some very knowledgeable friends in whose footsteps I'm following. I think if you liked that, I would definitely look at, because it felt very similar to um, the rules in Honey Heist or like in that lineage of games or John Harper's Lasers and Feelings also has like a similar like two stat system that kind of lets you be more flexible. It's not like exactly the same or anything, 
but I'm seeing like design similarities to those things where it's like just a simplified like two stat thing and it lets you have a little bit more flexibility in determining like what happens if everything doesn't go perfectly versus what happens if people succeed. So, yeah. So one thing I thought about this system was I think this is the first game we've played that really isn't meant for campaign play. Like, I think this sort of game is really meant for just one-shots because there isn't really a lot of room for advancement. And in fact, the more you advance, the closer you are to death. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that's really cool. I think one of the struggles I had playing the game was sort of my instinct as a gamer to sort of hoard my resources. So I was like, do I want to spend a Gnosis or a Morphus on this? But then like Mikey was whipping out the Morphus rolls in the first <laughs> roll of the game. I, no, that's a, that's a great thing. I think that helped me like readjust my thinking, sort of be like, okay, I really should be trying to use these whenever I can, whenever it makes sense. Because this isn't meant to be a character that sticks around for a long time through, like, multiple sessions of play. And so I think that's really interesting. And I think this is a game that's, like, really well set up for one-shot play. Yeah, I forget. I think it comes from, I just, like, I've read so many games. I haven't played them. I've just read so many. I think it comes from Apocalypse World that is, like, drive your characters like stolen cars. <laughs> well, I think that definitely, like, there's certain games where that crops up. Like, Blades in the Dark is another one, just because it's, like, you play scoundrels and, like, thieves and scoundrels aren't people that typically just sit back and let things happen to them. But, like, a one-shot game, I'm always in that mindset. And it's one that I've adopted even in campaign play, because it's just fun to, like, lean into your characters causing problems. Yeah, and the mechanics are there, so why not use them? Exactly. So I hope I wasn't, like, too power gamey. Like, I tried to sit back more. So it wasn't just me t taking. No, I truly believe you were playing the game the way it is meant to be played. <laughs> Well, thank you. I did. I did really enjoy the game, though. Like once we kind of got in the swing of things, I really liked what was going on. And I do think kudos to you, Ziva, for, you know, writing stuff out ahead of time, because I think like having a basis for the world that we were going to be playing in, but then being able to react to stuff as we did it and slot it into like the prep that you did, I think that helped to provide a little bit more structure, which is necessary in some ways for an actual play, because if things go off the rails completely, like we could have been here forever. And that just does, like it doesn't make for good listening. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. There was actually like a shit ton of stuff that I wrote that we didn't get to. Like, like I had like a few different paths you all could take and sometimes they converge and sometimes they were different. Well, there was your mistake was giving us options. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I'm trying to, to, as a GM, get more flexible and give you guys options. And then you said and did things that I wasn't expecting that because I don't have to think up of a bunch of statistics to give you guys a puzzle or a problem. It's really easy for me to respond to you being like, I hope this problem doesn't happen to me being like, and then the problem happens. <laughs> so, what was something you weren't like expecting? So I was not expecting you all to like try and divine your way through the catacombs like at all. Um, and so when you kept asking me like what like the right way to go was, I was like, like looking at all my options of rooms and being like, I guess this one's like the safest one to go into. <laughs> 
And I was also not expecting worries about the tunnel collapsing or not being big enough. I actually wasn't planning a tunnel, like crawling through the tunnels at all. It's just that you were in a cave and I was trying to figure out like, how do you get to the next room? And that's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Crawling through a creepy tunnel versus like, then there's some doors. Yeah. So. Right. And that let Damon do some digging. Diggy, 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 vampire mole. Yeah. And that's, that's like always the really interesting. God. Oh, oh, man. (laughs) That's always the really interesting thing to me, like in general about like dungeon crawl play when it's not like completely randomly generated is like a the willingness to like well someone once told me like if you lend someone money you have to be okay with it never coming back to you and GMing is almost kind of like the opposite like if you write something you have to like set it free and just know that like you might work really hard on this one room and then people never see it ask Bappy about that (laughs) um (laughs) and, and like the other thing is I find that having like catacombs or dungeons or stuff like that prepped is always the hardest thing because it's like how do I make gameplay more interesting than just you pick a door you pick like the maze game in fucking Windows 95 right (laughs) but yeah it's always like really a struggle for me and especially like when I was running D&D after having ran other games it's like my players, like, that's all they wanted to do. And I'm like, I want it to be more interesting than the thief creeps forward. The thief creeps forward. Like, this isn't an RTS game or, or a strategy game, right? Move left. Move left. <laughs> right. So it's it's hard because, like, you can't just intuitively explore a space. And especially when it's like, well... You don't want to run into a million NPCs. So like in some ways in games where you do kind of want to have every action, it can be really hard not to just make things super samey. So I think even though that was our like instinct, I think you did a really good job of trying to keep it varied. So it wasn't just like we go forward again, we go forward again. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah. And I also honestly... I mentioned those catacombs kind of offhanded and I was um, also on the note of being surprised, surprised that that's like, that's the one that you fixated on. Um, Because like I said, I wrote like a whole bunch of like little hints NPCs could give you. It was like the barking dog and Lancer (laughs) (laughs) of like, of like, I said it like offhanded and I was like in my notes, I was like, oh yeah, I did mention that the circlet was from there, but like that like wasn't something I was like focused on. Um, You all were like, that's exactly where we're going. No, I (laughs) thought you were trying to do the catacombs because like we were talking, you know, I asked about the cultists and then you were like, oh, well, they're like out of the city and like no one really knows where they're from. And I'm like, oh, that's Eva's hint to not do that. Because <laughs> I always think about that time we play Wheel of Time and you're trying to get us to stop and we keep being like, no, how do we get out you of the like room? You like mind freaked your way out of it, right? <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, no, 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 this is her hint. She's, she's telling us this is the catacombs, go to the catacombs. Because you kept saying catacombs. I was like, all right, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> well, you all kept, kept, this is where the Bloodborne lore knowledge did come in handy, which is you all kept asking about stuff that I was like, yeah, it's just basically from like the, like the ancient civilization which means in in this case it's kind of from the catacombs because in the game it comes from blah 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 blah. see i just assumed you had um, prepped all that (laughs) oh yeah yeah no um (laughs) i prepped a lot of the gameplay but a lot of the npc chatter i did not prep this time and so i kept being like oh shit (laughs) yeah and that's like the other thing right is like 
you think of like Bloodborne or like an action game, you're like, you're going forward, you're fighting, but that's all like self-directed. Like nobody at any point is like stopping and thinking about what they have to have you do. It's just like you fight monsters and then occasionally people talk at you. Whereas yeah. it's like a more two-way street here. So like we're sitting going, you know, we should probably avoid fighting monsters because monsters are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't really fight any monsters, no. did we? Spiders. Those will count. <laughs> they were like ethereal. Yeah, we fought the weird spiders and we fought the cultists that attacked us. And we, in fact, tried not, well, some of us <laughs> tried not to attack the spiders. And then the spiders had their revenge. There weren't actually yeah, that many that many beasts. And that's another thing, too, is that um, that in the catacombs, it was not beasts. It's all like ancient creepers of various sorts and, and such. And I had a really cool boss monster I was going to have you guys fight. But by the time you got to Dark Linda, A, you were super on top of fighting Dark Linda. I was like, oh, I'm going to have this cool fight planned. And you guys were like, we swoop in and we fix everything. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And I can see how like a fight in this game would be like really cool. And I feel like it would be a lot like when we were playing Henshin. Yes. I think Henshin is probably the game we've played so far that is most like this just because of the rules lightiness of it. But even Henshin had more rules than this. Even Henshin had like specific moves for you to do. Here it's like you have items. Go nuts. Imagine running into a big monster and like you just keep attacking and like more fucked up things keep happening to your body. That sounds really cool though. Yeah. I really like the flavor of this and I really like the consequences that are associated with the actions you take. I feel like the the Gnosis and Morphus are like the shining stars of this system. Like my only real beef is that your other items other than your weapon, I'm not sure how to like encourage players to use those. Like, I feel like there's not a ton in the system that rewards players for using their non-weapon items. Well, I guess they can, if you can find a way to use them for a role, like, then that's an advantage. Yeah, like, worst case scenario, I was gonna down that blood like the weird Kool-Aid it was. <laughs> but yeah, it, and also, like, we rolled really well. We were never really in a position where that's true yeah where you in like a pinch yeah where it's like okay well we're all screwed and like doing really badly yeah that's true it did you all did roll like really really well there weren't a ton of places where it was like and then something really horrible happens so <laughs> so bappy how did you feel about the game as a whole Okay, so I think I liked it, but I think a big part of why I liked it was because I do like, I really like the flavor, even though I'm not into Bloodborne, but like, you guys know me, I like to hurt real, and I like- Do you like that corruption shit? Yeah, I yeah. love that corruption shit so much. Just inject it into your dark veins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> dark Linda showing up at the end was fucking amazing, like, fell perfect, like, so perfectly into place, just like, and, and I really like that, and I think, this is just a theory, I think- I feel like if we were more like improv, like off the cuff with it, it might not have been as enjoyable. I want to say that like a big part of it being enjoyable was because we had such a clear vision of what we were kind of expecting maybe and, and, and wanted to do. So you mean like having the anomaly to search for? Right, yeah, and just having these like if if this was just like a random one shot, we just made temporary characters who are just gonna fucking die, and it was just them doing their thing. Uh, like you said, like it's kind of like this game isn't necessarily meant for long term campaign play. 
it would still be fun, but I don't think it would be as interesting to me. So I think like a big part of why it was interesting to me and why I liked it so much was because of playing it together in this group. And of course, all of all of Ziva's prep and all that stuff. Yeah, like the external emotional attachment you had to the character. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is a game that would be actually kind of hard to play in a group where not everyone knows Bloodborne and not everyone is attached to their characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it'd be really easy to be like, my character is Icy the Clown and he's an ice cream salesman (laughs) and he hits people with like a giant waffle cone because I don't fucking care because he's going to die immediately. Right. Yeah. Or like you had something you wanted to do with it. Like I knew I wanted to push the morphous button yes yeah. like i like again like with the dark linen that just fell so perfectly into place because like that was i don't know you might have had an idea that that's where i wanted to go with it already and maybe maybe or i don't know i guess i, I guess i'm did you did you kind of have an idea of like a a, a theory as to where i personally wanted to go with it because uh- no. Okay. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to do Dark Linda because it was my turn to GM and to hopefully advance the meta plot. And I just really love being Dark Linda. And so I was like, Dark Linda's going to come back. Um, and that's going to be dramatic. But then like the way you did your gnosis and and just like the way the plot picked up with Zen and Rill, I was trying not to like cackle with glee the whole time. You're like, man, uh, Rill has this crazy idea that Dark Linda's communicating with them. And I was like, guess what's canon now? Um, I was having a very good time. Yeah, no, it's like it just fell so perfectly in the play. It's just one of those things that works so well because like I was not exaggerating. Like I literally had my character sheet written with like 11 hours before recording. So it's not like I gave Ziva room to plan any of this. It just fell into place. So yeah, no, that's, so that was cool. I feel like I had something else, but I don't remember. Yeah, it was, uh, it was serendipitous, honestly. Uh, I wish I could take more credit for that than I could. But <laughs> You um, should have, you should have been like, I know you're into that shit. I know, I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I assumed that like, we were going to be doing more with Dark Linda potentially. Um, I'm just glad that that's how it turned out because it ended up being a very cool piece of storytelling. And I feel like this game sort of sits like nicely in the middle of like goof arounds with your friends where you all just want to sit down and play like an afternoon of tabletop and like a storytelling tool Mm -hmm. and it works really well in a storytelling tool again here because we have characters that uh we care about and we have in terms of like the library we have a mechanic where our characters persist even if something really bad would happen to them in game unless like you know we decide that like that's actually their time to die we don't it's important to me anyway as like the GM. Like I wouldn't just want to like kill Zen and Rill and Damon and be like tough luck guys recording's (laughs) over bye party wipe yeah (laughs) like i would at least like want to discuss and be like does this make sense for your characters or is this like a huge bummer like what what should we do about this but anyway i feel like the combination of that does make it um easier as a storytelling tool but i don't know there's like a lot of there's just like a lot of really cool flavor and mechanics in here i wish there was like a little bit more rules just because in terms that like that's what i like like there are places where i'm like if this was on like two pages and it had like an example or if there was a rule about like ties like we were able to make decisions when things happen that there weren't rules for but i always hate it when i find a spot where i'm like what the fuck do i do i just have to make a decision on the fly about something that like like we're gonna have to potentially address in the future as well yeah Yeah. like i think the the tough thing that you're missing rules for is like the gm rules are even less than like the player rules and i know that um you said that it made it easier for you to like improv but i'm imagining like 
you get in a fight with a monster and like you don't really know does that monster die if it fails a roll or like what sort of mechanics can you add to that fight and i guess that's just something you would want to play around with a little more and would be up to each individual gm but even just something like think about how your monster would react to things would be a good piece of advice yeah I actually have a lot of notes and the more complicated monster, the more notes there are. So for like Dark Linda, there are more notes. And for um, the Shrieking Beast, which is the like giant monster at the end, the cultists were chaining up. um, That one also has a lot of notes because I was like, these are going to be like longer fights. Like if you hit like a spider a couple of times, they should die. If you hit a cultist a couple of times, they should die. With a monster like this, it might be like over and over and over of like you hit it in the wing, you get tangled up in its talons, it uses its beak to bite you, where it's like it's more micro actions as opposed to macro actions. Yeah, like if we had said like, I'm gonna just discern where the circlet is, and then we succeeded and we just went there, like we could have easily run into that for sure. Yeah. But honestly, like, at least for me, the fun that I had with it and the fun I had playing with you all for the first time, way, way far outweighed any, like, awkwardness or clunkiness of the system, which is not, I can't say that for all the, like, smaller zine games that I've played. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say that, like, on the whole, definitely enjoyed this game. It would be a game I would definitely consider playing in the future, especially Mm -hmm. with a small group of people who, like, we're all enthusiastic about it. Yeah, like, I I feel like this is a game I could just, like, pick up without, like, having to worry too much about, like, writing a full-length campaign and just, like, get a bunch of friends together and be like, hey, we've got a few hours, let's play this tabletop game. Or, like, another thing that I actually picked up from friends at the table just because they were the first group slash actual play that I'd ever seen do this is like you're playing like your normal campaign in a campaign game and then like if you read about a story or have like a little dream sequence like you go and play like a one-shot game for those with different mechanics to reflect like the different that's actually super cool yeah yeah I guess we kind of did that with Rats and Rocks, but um, that's like <laughs> questionably canon. So, <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure I mentioned buff Christmas Linda like in character at one point. That's true, but that was a dream. So there might not actually be a buff Christmas that, Linda. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it was a dream. If we consider that there are infinite universes and infinite realities, then there is a reality with buff Christmas Linda. With buff Christmas Linda. I hope so. All right. Well, Mikey, thanks so much again for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Is there anything that you'd like to wrap at the end of uh, this episode? You can find me on Twitter at quantum.dot. I've got all of my links there, including it's kind of on hiatus for right now because we have more to edit than we have time to edit, but including my video series that I do with my friends on the architecture and history influence on Bloodborne, which I believe it's in my bio, but I believe the at is Hosts Nightmare on Twitter. Well, excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much. Before we wrap up, do we know what our next game is going to be? I don't think we do. Okay. All right. Well, um, then uh, we hope that you join us next time for um, the next game that we play, which we'll know before this records. So I guess I'll just come back in and just slot it in. It'll be fun, whatever it is. It will be fun. Yeah, please, please join. Now in I'm going to pick a not listen. fun game. <laughs> I don't think there are not fun. Oh, games. Okay, challenge accepted. 
So remember how I mentioned Shadowrun Third Edition earlier? <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a not fun game. Let's not let's not do that one. All right. So thanks good so much for joining to. us, everybody. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at TheArchivesPod or online at TheEternityArchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from ZapsFlat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash TheEternityArchives. Subscribe to our Ko-fi for all sorts of exclusive bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and other fun surprises. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay! Roll dice! An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.